Welcome to They Mostly Podcast at Night, episode 255, From Dusk Till Dawn. A terrifying evil has been released, and this podcast is our only hope to stop it. That's right! We are your only hope! Wow, that was loud. <laughs> oh, shit! I'm a bit terrified. Shit, it was. Oh my gosh, I just like busted out the levels wow. on our recording. Sorry about that, everybody. Sorry. I just got really excited. Oh, I did it again. <laughs> we'll try to be a little more NPR, a little more, well, to, to Lake Wobegon days. We'll talk about uh, sweaty balls and keep it in this voice all day long. We'll just talk like this for the whole episode. Very good. That's so nice. So what did they say? Uh, good times. Good times. Good times. Yes. Good times. I love these sweaty balls. Uh, and if you get there early, you can get my sweaty nutsack. <laughs> Perfect for a salty and sweet holiday gift. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. Hi. I am Chaos. I am Carnage. Whoa. Well, were you, what are you trying to like? Meet Carnage. You Chaos. <laughs> meet Tarzan. You Jane. Yeah, something like that. That's what it's going for. Okay. Cool. Feeling a little feeling a little hyper. A little motivated to work. Hmm. A little bit ready to get to this. I'm so excited. Yeah. I am here. You're here? Mm-hmm. All day. All day, all night. Yeah. All day long. That's right. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't have anything to say, and I feel like I should have things to say, but I don't have anything to say. We are actually doing a podcast marathon. I'll talk a little bit. Okay. So we're doing a podcast marathon where um, uh, we watched four movies within the last three weeks, mm-hmm. but we're recording them all one bang, 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 bang in a row. Yes. Uh, we watched three of them yesterday. Yeah. No, we watched two of them yesterday and one this morning. And one this morning, and then the other one was like two weeks ago. But it was at the theater. That's why it was two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if we could have got streamed it again, we totally fucking would have, because yeah. I would totally watch it again. That was Scream 6. But um, So we're doing Bing Bang Bong. You know, So not much as... What, what are you giving me that face for? Bing Bang Bong. What the hell is Bing Bang Bong? Like Bing Bang Bong, right in a row. You know, like... Bing Bang Boom. Bing Bang Bong. No. I've heard it both ways. I have never heard Bing Bang Bong. Well, I've heard it both ways, so... <laughs> that just sounds like bing bang bong sounds like you, you take a hit off a bong no it does. bing bang bong that's because you have your mind on weed and only weed <laughs> all the time all the time cheech. baby God. just call me it's cheech chong and chaos that's what it is that's the new uh up and smoke oh my god we have a cute visitor hello visitor. you never visit us in here oh it's winifred who never visits us oh, in the studio winifred. She never comes into with the her studio. silent muse she's adorable yeah, I was reading that um, cats, when they meow to other cats, they do it at a pitch that people can't hear. So when they meow at us, they're meowing at like a baby cat because baby cats' ears aren't fully developed and they can't hear those high-pitched tones. So apparently Winnie thinks I'm an adult because all she does is meow high-pitched at me. So apparently we're just stupid cats again. That's what it comes down to. They think we're stupid cats. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Aww. What are you doing? Are you hungry? I didn't think about that. It's I have one o'clock. It's one. Yeah, they need their lunch right now or at one. No, they need their lunch now. They pause? usually get it before this. Well, the kid, the live studio audience needs to be fed, so we're gonna pause for a second. But we'll be right back. You won't notice anything. 
Ready. Did you start us again? Yes. I just Ethel Merman did us oh into God. the rest of the show. We're back. See, I told you you won't notice anything. <laughs> Except a lot of chaos. Well, you know. What can I say? What can I say? <laughs> oh my God. I have to live with this today. <laughs> Pity me. I'm just trying to have energy for the podcast. We got to no, do like have, four of these. Well, three more. And yeah, yeah, you have energy. You're good. You're at about a 10. I need you about a 9. Oh, okay. Maybe an 8 and a half. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I didn't feel like I had was hyper. I and then Mountain Dew you finished. And then I, yeah, the Mountain Dew finally kicked in. <laughs> well, do you want to tell them who we are and what we do then? Yes, I would love to. It would be me nothing but pleasure. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> we are the Mostly Podcast at Night. Mostly. We are two best friends of 25 years who bicker and banter our way through a different horror movie each week. We take turns picking the flicks because that's how we do it. Um, most of the time out of a genuine desire to share the movie with you, our lovely audience who we love so much, um, sometimes to piss the other person off, um, because we have hashtag friendship goals because our friendship lives in the hashtag Mariana's trench of hate, which is our own little space deep in the ocean where we MMA style duke it out in our very own octagon when we don't see eye to eye on movies. And sometimes just when one of us is being hyper and annoying and the other one wants to take a hammer to them. I don't think I ever said that, but okay. The looks you were giving me said it all. No, it's not you. It's me today. It's me. It's just me. Oh, I thought you were looking around for a big mallet. No, but now I will, though. Thanks for giving me ideas. Oh, sure. Yeah. No problem. Spoilers ahead and expletives ahead. That's right. And this week it was from Dust to Dawn. It was done in 1996. It was an R rating, an hour and 48 minutes long, and it got a 7.2. Another 7.2. You lost that. Oh, yeah. 7.22 uh, on the IDB scale. What about the tomato meter? So glad that you asked. The tomato meter is sitting at a 63%. Critics consensus, a pulpy crime drama slash vampire film hybrid from dusk till dawn is an uneven but often deliriously enjoyable B-movie. Audience score, 76%. Awesome. Should we do some casting? Yeah, let's talk about the cast. Maybe. Uh-oh. No, we will. Okay. I promise. Like, I didn't do all this work just not to talk about the cast. If I was just like, no, let's not talk about cast this time. <laughs> then I would look for a hammer and be like, no, it's yeah. down. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Um, Seth was George Clooney. Uh, he's from ER, the Ocean's movies, and most recently in The Ticket to Paradise. I mean, it's George Clooney. Come it's on. George Clooney. Who most of these people could be like, come on, it's this person. Yeah, you know? right. Richie was Quentin Tarantino. Of course, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and writer and director of a lot of movies, yes. including this one. Well, he didn't direct this movie. He wrote this one. He though. wrote the screenplay, but it was actually based off a story by somebody else. Okay. I just wanted to point that out anyway, so that kind of worked. Works into your trivia? Works into Who my trivia. The Storia. The, the Storia. The <laughs> Um, it was, it was, uh, the concept and story was written by Robert Kurtzman. Okay. Yes. Yes. Jacob was Harvey Keitel. From Reservoir Dogs, The Irishman, and National Treasure. 
Kate was Juliette Lewis. I kind of put my favorite movies because like National Treasure is one of my favorite Harry Kytels. Oh, But um, my favorite one of Kate's in here too. Um, Natural Born Killers, Cape Fear, and my favorite National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. (laughs) (laughs) She was really good in Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Are you a Natural Born Killers fan? Never seen it. Oh, really? You've never seen it? Just like this movie. Never seen it before. Oh, Okay. Um, Scott was Ernest Liu. Um, he was in the wrestling game, but then he's in an episode here and there in the 90s. He really didn't do much, which is too bad because he was a good actor, I thought. Yeah. Santanico Pandemonium was Selma Hayek. Uh, Frida Desperado, and my favorite is Dogma. Yeah, she was great in Dogma. Border guard slash bouncer slash Carlos was Cheech Marin. Up in smoke, of course. Tin cup and shotgun wedding. He was in Tin Cup. That's funny. Mm -hmm. That's funny to me. Tin Cup is an awful movie. Mm -hmm. Razor was Danny Trejo. We love Danny. We love Danny. He was in Machete, Predators, and Con Air is one of my favorites with him. I love him in Con Air. He's so bad in it. And he had a tiny role in Anaconda, but I still love him for that movie. Um, Sex Machine was Tom Savini. Who we've met. Yes. Wonderful dude. He was was in Machete, Perks of Being a Wallflower, and Dawn of the Dead. Oh my god. Mm. (laughs) He was okay. I mean, I, we didn't, he was, mm. well, it's not like we got to stop and talk to him. We just met him. He was just kind of, I felt, I felt. He was dismissive. Like, of all the people we met that weekend, yeah, I thought he was the most dismissive. Ken Foray was awesome. Ken was and Gail was awesome too. Yeah. They like wanted to be our buds, but Tom Savini was just like next. Yeah. Ken <laughs> didn't care that we didn't have any money. He would still talk to us. Tom, yeah. Like I actually gave him money and he still didn't want to talk to us. Yeah. And there was no one behind us. Okay, no fine. Tom us. Savini's kind of a jerk. Okay. Frost yeah. was Fred Williamson. <laughs> he was in MASH, Devil's Triangle, and Starsky and Hutch. And Ranger Earl was Michael Parks. He was in Kill Bill and Death Proof as Ranger Earl again. And he was also in Tusk. And I've got three honorable mentions, if I may. Oh, okay. So we've got Greg Nicotaro as um, Sex Machine's buddy, who's the Walking Dead makeup man. He's Mm -hmm. he's famous. Um, He was also Greg um, Tom Savini's protege. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we've got Crest Kelly Sad Kelly Preston as a reporter. She was John Travolta's wife. She was in Jerry Maguire, great actress. Died in 2020. Aww. Um, and then also died in 2020 was John Saxon, who was an FBI agent. He's most known for playing the dad in Friday the 13th. So mm-hmm. some honorable mentions there. Yeah. Always like to see him when he crops up. Won't see him anymore. Yeah. But... Um, do you want a little summary, though, before we get into this? I would love one of Carnage's famous five-second summaries. Brothers Contact picks the wrong CD bar for a meetup, and things go awry. Oh, my God. Do things go awry? I mean, picking the wrong bar for a meetup is, like, so understating this. <laughs> calling it the wrong bar is, like, calling... Well, I won't even go there, but it it's really... Yeah. He did it because it's called the Titty Twister. He liked the name of it. Yeah. And, and it he, always looked fun on the weekends. Yeah. Which the Titty Twister is open from dawn to dusk, which we'll find out why. Dust you to mean dawn. dust to dawn? Yes. I, Matt, words are hard for me. That's uh, all right. That's fine. Is it fine? It's fine. Start us off. Tell us about we, this flick. We this is you your pick. Okay. Why did you pick my... this, actually? Because I've never seen this before. Oh, um, well... Okay, so From Dust Till Dawn was the first Quentin Tarantino anything that I have ever seen. 
Um, so that was my introduction to Quentin Tarantino. And I saw this years and years and years ago. Uh, probably not too far, not too many years after it came out. I didn't see it like right when it came out because I was only 15. Mm-hmm. But um, although I'm sure there are 15 year olds who saw this movie, but that wasn't my life. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, and I remember really liking it. And of course, I was obsessed with Santanico Pandemonium, Selma Hayek. She's barely on the screen. She, like, everyone talks about her, but she's barely on the fucking screen. She's barely in this movie. Her presence. I know, but still, come on. Her presence. It doesn't matter if she was barely in the movie. She stole the show. I do like Selma's, uh, Selma's commitment to this movie. Like, she trained for two months with a snake to do this, and she was also tricked by taking this, this role. Oh, really? Yeah, they were going to get, they told her that Madonna was lined up for it, if she didn't take it. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Because she really didn't want to do it with a snake. Oh really? Which I don't blame her because snakes are cute when they're little, but when they're big like that. Oh, the okay. You're a snake person, I know. As a snake person, when she stepped out with the snake, I was just like, okay, that is the most undanger, one of the most undangerous snakes you could possibly wrap around yourself. What the hell snake was it? It was just a python. Oh, I thought they constrict though, don't they? Yeah, they are constrictors, but they don't go after people. Oh, okay. I mean, they I don't eat, know. They eat like rabbit-sized prey. Oh, I mean, okay. your cat might be in danger, but you are not. Well, I'm fearful for my cat. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're really, they're not going to go after you. They don't see you as prey. They're not going to try to swallow you whole. Mm-hmm. They're not going to try to constrict you unless they feel threatened. And even in that case... Pythons are very docile snakes and for snakes. And if that snake was scared at any point, that snake was the most relaxed snake I have ever seen. That snake was was totally happy being draped around Selma Hayek. I don't blame it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, well, okay. I'll let us. Whoa. And I mean, she was in like zero danger. Unless somebody like, I don't know, stuck fire in the snake's face and scared it. And then it would probably just try to get away from her. Like their, okay. their first instinct is not to attack you. Not to attack. Okay. Well then fine. It's fine then. So yeah, it's like, it's, but it's, a, it's cool because if you're not a snake person, you're just like, oh my God, that is so amazing. This giant snake, she's just acting so natural with it. And, and isn't that dangerous? It's not. It's not dangerous. Or if you're a snake, not a snake person, it's like, oh my God, that's terrifying. Why is she doing that? Yeah. Right. But my thing is like, I know she's a big actress, but she got like billing and ahead of like, uh, sex Machine and Frost, who were in it a lot more mm-hmm. than she was. And I was like, she's barely in it compared to them. So I was just kind of, you know. It's not the size of the part, though. I, I mean, holy shit. Like, what I remember about this movie, I remember Santanico Pandemonium. I didn't remember anything else. I didn't remember anything about Richie. I didn't remember anything about fucking ER guy. George, George Clooney. Clooney. <laughs> well, that just shows that right there. <laughs> Loyalties line. <laughs> I didn't remember anything about the family. I didn't remember that the guy was a preacher. All I remembered was Santanico Pandemonium. Nice. Yeah. Okay. 
So anyway, long story short, um, it had been a long time since I'd seen this movie and I'd always kind of had it in the back of my head as one I wanted to do for the podcast. So when I saw that it was streaming, I was like, why the fuck not? Why the fuck not indeed? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I was, I was glad to see it because I'd never seen it before. And it was yeah. One of Tar- the only one of Tar- one of, I think one of the only ones of Derek News I haven't seen before. So. And when I found out that you hadn't seen it, I was so glad that we were watching it because mm-hmm. I was like, yay, now she gets to experience this. Because yes. everybody should experience from so dust till dawn. And I'm so glad I did. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's not for everyone. No. <laughs> yeah. I do want to say I like George Clooney with a tattoo. Yeah. He should get that tattoo permanently. It works for him. Yeah, that was so obviously a fake tattoo. I know, but it worked for him, though. He needs to get it permanently. No, it did. It definitely <laughs> it definitely worked for him, that for sure. He looked cute with it, but I was just like, what, did they draw that on with a Sharpie? Jeez, because it was so black. It was, it was like, so black, yeah. Like you just got it like a week ago. Did you use Vanta black paint? <laughs> I mean. No, because they wouldn't let him. <laughs> <laughs> So, fugitive bank robbers, brothers, Seth and Rishi Gecko, you have to wonder why the fuck they teamed up. Because Seth is this career thief. He's been in the business a long time, and his brother is a fucking psychopath. Mm-hmm. What made him think taking Richie along for this bank heist would be a good idea? I don't know. But they did. They they previously, before the movie starts, they robbed a bank, and Richie killed a bunch of cops. Mm-hmm. A bunch. And ran somebody over with a car. And ran somebody over with a car, and took a hostage of a bank teller. And so they are traveling. They're trying to get to Mexico. And for some reason, they stop at a liquor store. And Richie is also extremely paranoid, besides being a psychopath. And he's convinced that the clerk recognized them and is going to tip off the cops. So they end up threatening the clerk. And they hide while this sheriff comes in. Sheriff Earl Parks. Yay! Earl McGraw. Yes, Earl McGraw. Um, He's a Texas Ranger, actually. I'm sorry, not a sheriff. My bad. Um, But anyway, they shoot the shit a little bit, and then he goes to the bathroom, and then Richie and Seth come out, and they're, like, all freaking out on the clerk, like, oh, my God, you were signaling him, or Richie thinks so. You let him go to the bathroom. You were signaling him. You're trying to get help. And he's you like, itched. I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, you itched. You You're trying to signal him by scratching and all this stuff. And um, so the cop comes back out and Richie shoots him in the head. Yeah. Because he can't let things go. R.I.P. Earl McGraw. Okay. So we're going to pause for a second because there is a thing on screen rant. I was telling Chaos about this. That it broke down based on Earl McGraw's death and some other things that happened. What the actual timeline for the Quentin Tarantino movies are. Because Earl McGraw is a reoccurring character. Death Proof. Um, what's the other Grindhouse? Oh, Planet, um, Terror. Planet Terror. And then Kill Bill movies. So he does show up, you know, periodically through those two. So they're saying this is the this comes in last place after Kill Bill and after Planet Terror Death Proof. Because mm-hmm. he actually because dies this in this is where one. he dies. Right, yeah. exactly. So there is, it's on Screen Rant. I couldn't pull it up for the podcast because my internet sucks. But if you go on ScreenRant.com, there is 
um, kind of like a timeline of the Tarantino movies. So cool. Um, if I remember, I'll try to remember to link to that in the show notes because I think that's pretty cool. Okay, sounds good. Um, yeah. So they end up getting into a shootout with the clerk <laughs> who gets a gun out of a safe when they're distracted arguing with each other. And they end up ha- torching the place while Seth goes on this rant about how they're supposed to be keeping a low profile and how now they've killed cops and now they've bro- blown up a building and now they've done this. And Well, and the, the shopkeeper actually shoots Richie in the hand, too. Yes, the Richie out, gets so. shot in the hands. Um, so then they they leave, they go, and they pick a motel where they're hiding out. They've got they've got the um the um hostage hostage. I was trying to think of bank teller. The hostage in the trunk, they take her into the room and he's like, You be quiet, I'm gonna go get food. I can I just say real fast yeah. a couple things? I do like how they videotape them driving to the motel and they have it in an x-ray where they have the yeah. hostage in the trunk. I'm like, oh, Poor okay. woman. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um so this is an extremely violent movie. Um, well, it's a Tarantino, so that's not surprising well, right, at all. Well, right, no. Anyway, so Seth leaves, Richie rapes and kills the bank teller, the poor bank teller. Fortunately, it's not graphic, but Seth is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he's mad, so they're out looking for a new hostage when the Fuller family pulls up to this motel in their RV. This is Jacob Fuller, who is a former pastor whose wife was killed in an automobile accident on a rainy night, and he has lost his faith, and he quits his job, and he's taking a vacation with his two teenage kids, Scott and Kate. Um, They don't look alike. <laughs> Scott's adopted. Scott's adopted. Um. So they get kidnapped by the Gecko brothers and they're like, you guys are going to smuggle us across the Mexican border in this RV. And Seth says, you know, if terrifying, I'm sorry, it's fucking terrifying when he grabs them. Yeah, because Richie's got this nickel plated um, gun and he puts it in Scott's mouth as he moves them across the motel room. I'm like, yeah, I just keep thinking of like um, Pulp Fiction where you hit one bump. And head's blown off. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, don't put that gun anywhere near my mouth. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, scary. Um, it's, <laughs> um, that's all I can say is. <laughs> so Seth says, look, you got us across the border. You cooperate. You don't do anything. We'll let you go. I promise. And also, I promise if you do these things that I won't let my brother do what he wants to do to your young daughter. Which he hears her say things like. Ugh. Yeah. He has like delusions. He like, has delusions. delusions yeah. That she's actually like offering herself up to him. Right. And it's so funny when he's like, did you really mean what you said back there in the hotel? And she's like, what? And he's like, what you said back at the hotel? He doesn't want to say it. Right, because, well, Scott's right there. Because I mean, Scott's right there. And he's like, you know, what you said back in the hotel, did you mean it? And she's like, what did I say? Because she didn't say anything to him. Right. And he's, like, just about to, like, say what it was 
when um, Seth is like, don't talk to the kids, okay? <laughs> you don't need to talk to them. Just watch them. So they get to the Mexican border and um, Richie and Seth and Kate are in the back and they're holding Kate hostage and Scott and uh, Jacob are in the front. And Jacob says, oh, you know, it's just me and my son. We're going for a vacation in Mexico. I'm taking him to his first bullfight. Like, oh, yay. Um, and everything's going smoothly until there's like a thump from the back. Well, Richie's been freaking out this whole time. Because Seth called him a nut. Which, which he is. is. Like, I understand... People with mental illness don't like to be called crazy, but this guy fucking deserves it. <laughs> He's fucking crazy. I love it. It's just one back fist towards his, his brother's face and he yes. knocks Richie right he out. He knocks Richie right out to shut him up because he's going to blow the whole thing. And then there's a thump. So then the Border Patrol guy says, what was that? Oh, well, my daughter's in the restroom. You didn't say you had a daughter. Oh, well, I meant to say I had a daughter. Okay, we're going in. So he goes into the rest, into the RV and he knocks on the restroom door and she's like, I'm in the bathroom. And she's like, and he's like, let me in. And she's like, it's open. And he fucking opens the door on her because he thinks, you know, something's going on. Right. And she's on the toilet and she's like, do you mind? And he's like, oh, okay. And he leaves. Yeah, with a lingering stare, though. Yeah. Oh, it was so gross. And this is this is one of Cheech Marin's um, roles. It was so nasty that the lingering stare he gave her as he was leaving was just like, oh my god, she's like what fourteen? I mean, no, she's like she's like eighteen, nineteen. No, she wasn't that old. Yeah, because uh, she was not quite twenty-one yet. She said at the bar. She said, I'm not 21 yet. She didn't say I'm almost 21. I don't think she was that. I don't think she was as young as that, though. It was 14, 15. Okay, but maybe. But there's no way she was even 20 because she was a teenager. Yeah, she was a teenager. Older teen. But yeah, she was a teen. She was definitely a teenager. I thought she looked young. Oh, okay. But I could have been wrong. So, um, I don't know. It's so hard to tell because they always get like older people to play teenagers. Yeah, and it's so hard to tell like what age they're supposed to be. So anyway, they get past the border. Seth is so happy. Richie wakes up. <laughs> Seth's like, I don't know. You just fell and hit your head on the bathroom. Are you okay? Are you okay? Oh, you must have broken your glasses when you hit your head on the toilet seat. Yeah. <laughs> and Richie's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> so... Um, J- or Seth tells Jacob how to get to the titty twister and he's like great so they get to this strip club in the desert um, which this place is awesome okay <laughs> like I don't frequent a lot of strip clubs but I would be tempted if I saw this place <laughs> no I'm just it kidding. is for bikers and truckers only you can't it go it is for bikers and truckers only it just looks like it would be an interesting place to be a fly on the wall how about okay, that there you go there you go. Um, there's like flames shooting off the building. There's neon everywhere. And just, it's fabulous. It's trashy fabulous. Oh, yeah. Very trashy. And then Cheech Marin plays this um, caller and he's just like going on and on about all the kinds of pussy they have and how if you, you if they don't have it, you don't want it. And they they all like 
roll up to this to Cheech and he's like, What the fuck? You know, get out of here and, and Seth like beats him up. And uh they go in and they go see Jan- Danny Trejo's character at the bar and Seth orders a shot of whiskey. Danny Trejo pours it and then he drinks it. <laughs> He's like, get the fuck out of here. This is for truckers and bikers only. And um, so this other meathead comes up and he's going to get into a fight with Seth and Seth is ready to throw down with this oh, yeah. guy who's like twice his size. But, you know, you believe Seth probably has a fighting chance. I think he could probably kick his ass. Yeah. Um, but... Then Jacob says, now, wait a minute. I'm a trucker. I'm, we're allowed to be here because I have, in order to drive this RV, I have a trucker license, which I don't think is even a real thing that you need. Um, I don't know. But it's not. Anyway, it's not now. Maybe it was that. I don't know. I don't know. Or but, the state you're in. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, but he says, like, I have to have this special trucker license in order to drive an RV. So I'm a trucker and these are my friends. So we're allowed to be here. And Danny Trejo's like, you know what? Fine. Stay. What do I care? So he's like, okay. Seth's like, we're going over to a table. Send a waitress over. We're going to order. So he goes and he kicks this guy out of a table and, and helps the dancer off the table so they can all sit down. And he's got a bottle of uh, tequila, I think. Whiskey. Whiskey. Okay. Whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're in Mexico. Why aren't you drinking tequila? I don't know. Because whiskey's better. Because we- oh. Blaspheme. <laughs> Blasphemer. You tequila is whiskey's so much better, better than whiskey. No. Whatever. I love tequila. That's just me being biased. Um, So, (laughs) even though I can't drink, but anyway. So, Seth's like, I'm not drinking alone. You're all going to drink with me. So, he has, he makes, um, he makes Kate and Scott take drinks with him. And then he talks Jacob into drinking with him. And so, they're all drinking whiskey. And then um, the girls are dancing to this really fun band that's playing I thought they were fun. They were until later happens, yeah. Well, they were fun at this point. The plan is is that um, Carlos, their contact, is going to come at dusk when yeah. the place closes. No, dawn. Dawn, because I don't know my times. Dawn, and we're all going to stay here until Carlos gets here, and we're all going to be cool, calm, and collected. Right. That's the plan. That's the plan. And you guys go then. Yeah. So then it's time for the main attraction and Santanico Pandemonium comes on and she immediately zooms in on like the most evil dude in the room who is Richie. Hands down, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And um, she does her dance and she walks across the tables to him and she like has him drink alcohol off of her foot and she dances and she gets in his face and she drinks some whiskey and then she pours it into his mouth from her mouth. And I'm sure if you're a man with a foot fetish, it's all very attractive. Like Quentin Tarantino obviously is. Right. Like this is obviously Quentin Tarantino's wet dream. (laughs) So, (laughs) So after... Her performance, which is pretty amazing. I mean, she's dancing with a snake. It's not easy. She mm-hmm. trained for two months to do this. Let's give her her props. Oh, no, clap, I clap, do. clap, 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 clap. Um, everyone claps for her. They're all very impressed. They're like, yeah, no, this is a show. Even Scott's digging it. <laughs> and um, But that's when everything goes south. 
Because it turns out that all, everyone who works in this bar, performers, bouncers, bartenders, everyone, band, is a motherfucking vampire. And they're not a sparkly twilight vampire. We are talking about vampires who turn into like demon looking things. And when they go all vampy and they fucking attack and they're killing people left and right. But these vampires in this universe are also very soft, which didn't make any sense to me. I know. I don't get that part. I don't get it either. They're like super strong and super tough, but they're not at the same time. It's incredibly easy to stake them. I don't know how this bar has lasted this long. And the reason we even find this out that there are vampires is because... Um, the bouncer comes in and approaches Richie and, and Seth and Danny Trio's bartender stabs Richie where he's been shot and all this mm-hmm. blood spills out and Santanico just can't help herself. Oh, she can't help herself. I don't she, blame her. she just attacks Richie, drinks all his blood, drinks kills him. Kills the shit of him. Yeah, just kills the shit out of him. He is fucking dead. And then they all turn. And then they all turn and they all start killing everybody. But then... The uh, bikers and truckers start to realize, a few of them anyway, besides um, besides our core group here, uh, realize that, hey, they've all got pool cues. And it turns out pool cues make pretty good stakes. Mm. And so do table legs. Oh, I love this. When they turn the table upside down and yes. Frost is, he puts one of the strip, one stripper on each table leg. And yeah. it looks so pretty. I mean, it's just so designed well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and um, Satanica, Satanico is actually going after Seth, and she's, like, taunting him, like, your brother tasted so good, let's see how you taste, and, you know, you're going to be my slave, you're going to be my dog, and, and um, I'm not going to let you drink human blood, I'm going to make you drink animal blood, and, and uh, all this stuff, and your new name is Spot. And I'm like, yeah, I'm getting behind this. But then he sees a chandelier above her. He shoots the chandelier. It comes crashing down and impales her. And she dissolves into a pile of goo. Sad, sad music for chaos. Santanico is no more. And then at that time, I'm like, the movie's over, right? (laughs) (laughs) Nice try. No. Because after they kill all the vampires, we've got um, Sex Machine left, um, Frost, and who's the other guy? Jacob, Kate, Scott. Oh, I thought there was another guy, too. No. just a- Okay. Yeah. Only Seth, Jacob, Kate, Scott, Sex Machine, and Frost survive. Um, and they're like obviously really upset but they go to leave and they find out they can't leave the doors have been barred and locked and they're trapped in there and they're trying to figure out a way out when all of a sudden like all these bats come swooping down into the bar trying to get in and they realize oh shit there's more vampires better to like be barred in a lot more and this is actually gonna like bar us in is good because otherwise we're gonna get torn to shreds things are going okay except they're trapped but then sex machine turns out he was bitten and he turns into a vampire and bites frost and jacob 
Frost uh, throws Sex Machine through the door to get him off of him, and that allows the other vampires to enter because Frost turns into vampires like, hi, let them in, because you just immediately go evil. Apparently. Yeah, it's just a... Except for Jacob, who's bitten on the arm, not the neck. So he wraps it up, and he's like, I'll be okay for a little while. I got an hour. Yeah, he somehow knows this and doesn't turn for like a whole hour, even though the other guys turned really fast, whatever. They were bitten on the neck. It's different. Oh, okay. That matters. Close to the artery. Got it. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think it was really plot device, but okay. Yes, it was. Seth, Kate, and Scott make it into a storeroom where they bar themselves in. Scott's like... Jacob's dead, but Jacob's not dead. Mm -hmm. Jacob gets a shotgun and a baseball bat, and he forms a cross out of it, and he shoots vampires, and he shoots his way back into the storeroom with them. And he says, look, I've been bitten. I'm going to turn in like an hour, but I, I will help you until that happens. And then once it does, um, he makes his son and daughter promise to kill him. And they don't want to, but then he's going to kill himself because he's like, I'm already dead. And so then they agree. Reluctantly. Reluctantly. He's going to kill himself. If, yes. he didn't, if they didn't agree or swear to God, he was going to kill himself. Right. And there's all these cargo back there. So they're like, it's so great because they're looking for weapons. Mm-hmm. And Scotty finds his water gun. So Jacob blesses the water. Yeah. I just love And they find condoms or balloons or something. And he's, Condoms, and yeah. Condoms, and he they use it as like water. holy water balloons. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But of course, Kate finds a a fucking crossbow. Yeah. In a coffin case. That's awesome. Just happenstance. Like, what did they take that off of a vampire hunter who found them and then just, I don't Don't know, know. but it was just like, okay. Um, So they go back out into the bar and they just start killing everybody. As many as they can. Oh, yeah, and Sex Machine, he mutates into this large rat creature. What the fuck was up with that? I don't understand no that mutated. at all. Yeah, it didn't make any sense to me, but it was kind of a neat creature. I think they just wanted to make a creature. Well, we forgot to talk about Sex Machine's other great um, uh, thing that they created for him, his little pistol. Yes. <laughs> his crotch crocket. His crotch pistol. Yes. It's hysterical. It is hysterical. I do have to say, though, because they, they there was speak. Um, I read in the trivia that there was speak about the recoil would hurt like a son of a bitch. And Tom Savini actually said when they were uh, in Vietnam, I want to say it was, they tested this stuff, like, you know, against their chins and against their crotches to see if the recoil hurt and never hurt. Oh, really? So, I mean, I guess it's tried and tried. <laughs> All right. Well, he would know, I guess. <laughs> um. Okay. So... They only have, Kate and Seth are the only ones left, and they only have a few bullets left. Um, Kate's lost her crossbow at some point, and Seth says, like, they see that the dawn is coming in through the cracks Mm -hmm. of the bar. So he says, shoot more holes in the bar. We've got to open this up and let the sunlight in to kill them. So they start doing that, and then Carlos arrives, and his bodyguards blast open the door, which lets in enough sunlight to kill the rest of the vampires. And somehow lights the place on fire, too. Yes. Somehow it also lights on fire. I don't know. I guess all those body being on fire and it's a wooden bar. I it guess, could happen. 
it could happen. I mean, why wouldn't other things catch on fire? It's kind of odd if they didn't. So it makes sense because that is a lot of fucking bodies on fire. So um, Seth and Kate make it out and Seth yelling at Carlos like, why did you pick this place? And Carlos like, what? One place is as good as another. Never been. No, I've never been here. I just, you know, I drove past it a few times. It looked like a fun place. So he's yelling at him like, you know, Richie is gone and he manages to negotiate a smaller 5% less. Yeah, tribute. He's worth 5%. <laughs> because he has they have to give 30% of their of their take from the robbery to make it to this place called El Rey, which is like a safe haven for criminals. So he negotiates them down to 25%, which is like okay, whatever. Um Kate is like, "Do you want some company?" and Seth's like, "No." <laughs> No, he goes, I'm a bastard, but I'm not a rat bastard. Yeah. Well, I was going to get to that. But yeah, (laughs) he's just like, are you kidding me? Do you know where I'm going? And she's like, well, no. And he's like, no, I'm a bastard, but I'm not a rat bastard. And he leaves her with a stack of cash that he gave her from the take. Yeah. Which was nice of him. I mean, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do that. It was. He did get her whole family killed, though. I mean, it's the polite thing to do. Yeah, really, it, it is. So she takes the money and drives away in the RV, leaving the titty twister behind, which they pull back to the other <laughs> side of the titty twister. And what you don't see, what you didn't see up until this point is that there's like a cliff and the titty twister is actually the top of this like Aztec temple, which is built into the cliff side. And there's just tons and tons and tons and tons of like, broken like trek wreckage trek wreckage truck wreckage and bikes and stuff yeah. and bikes oh and God. stuff that are in this like over the edge of this cliff they're just it's just this it's like a giant dump of you know of uh of trucks and this um aztec temple with all these openings that you can tell have like just blood stains like from all the openings because this is just this giant vampire hive love it yeah which probably means that there's probably still vampires left but yeah so that was really cool so that's the end of dust till dawn i like to say this part of the trivia because this is close to my heart of what i was saying for our last movie in the original script, Quentin Tarantino had all the Fullers and both geckos survive the ordeal, but changed it to only one of each group surviving because it felt it would be more exciting with more victims. Agreed. 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 And listen, I absolutely loved the carnage. Like, the first half of the movie wasn't really my type of movie. Mm-hmm. When they get to the bar and the vampires and everything, that's when it gets good as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. And I love all the gore, all of the silly, ridiculous, over-the-top gore with the vampires dying and everything. Like, like the one, the first vampire that gets killed, like, his eyes fucking explode out that's of his great. head. It was awesome. I love, um, uh, uh, Richie needed to die. Oh, Richie yeah. absolutely needed to die. Reggie absolutely needed to yeah. die. He's a horrible human being. Yes. Too bad Jacob died, though. I wish Richie had died a long time before that movie ever happened. God. <laughs> it um, wouldn't be a movie then with him. I know, I know. 
I just really hated Richie. Well, I know. Well, think about it. If Richie hadn't been there, Seth probably wouldn't have had to escape like he did because all those people wouldn't have been dead in the first place. Mm-hmm. He probably kind of got into Mexico with no problem, no hostages, no titty twister, no nothing. He probably right. had gone all right, all by himself. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Or not even needed sanctuary. Yeah. You know? I mean, he might not have even pulled that job without Richie. So, yeah. Anyway. Richie was like the catalyst for the whole movie, but he needed to die. Um, do you want a little fan fiction? I would love some. Um, there are actually three on fanfiction.net. Uh, one that makes sense, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. Uh, but then there's also Criminal Minds. And do you remember the show uh, Reba? Oh, yeah. I love Reba. There's one with Reba, and I'm going to read that to you, the summary. Okay. Um, uh, from Reba to Kelly, it's called. Reba is eight years old. She's sent to live with her Aunt Joyce and cousin Kelly. Will Kelly and Reba get along, or will their constant battle scar the family and tear them apart from limb to limb? What does that have to do with vampires? I, it's a crossover between these two. I don't know. Apparently that Kelly's so, a vampire. Their crossover is that Reba and Kelly are cousins and they have to get along. I don't know, but I do know that um, there's three chapters and I'm not fucking reading it. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So. Yeah. yeah. Even the, the Criminal Minds ones is crap, too. Oh, my gosh. Four chapters on that one. Six plus, uh, shit, six plus, uh, 6,000 words plus. Jesus Christ. Wow. It's a lot of commitment to a crossover. I could mm-hmm. never cross over that. You know, I couldn't commit to that at all. No. So. That's hard. Well, anything else you'd like to say about this movie before we rate? Um, I don't think so. Why don't we rate? Okay. Your pick, your rate. Okay. Um... Let me see. I'm going to give this movie a solid eight. I think it's uh, I think it's a fun movie. I really love the second half of the movie, mostly. <laughs> but um, it's it's different. It's very unique. It's an original concept. I can't say that crime thrillers get mixed with vampires all that often, <laughs> and they made it work. Um, so, yeah, it gets an eight from me. Okay. Um, I'm going to go about a 6.897. I probably, I definitely won't buy it. I might watch it again in a couple of years. It was okay. It was entertaining. Um, some of it was a little slow paced for me, and I was like, just get to the killings. But I'm just Richie. That's the Richie side of me saying that. So, you know. Whatever. Okay, don't ever say you have things in common with Richie. Seriously, my dude. I mean, you know. All right, well, should we pimp and get the fuck out then? Yeah, let's do it. Um, We are part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. Morbidlybeautiful.com is your place for all things horror. And they have a great podcast network. Um, So if you're interested in finding a new horror podcast for your listening pleasure, they will be linked in the show notes. Definitely check it out. You will find something you love, I'm sure. Um, We're on all the social medias. We are at Podcast at Night on Facebook. There's a Facebook group. We have a Twitter, an Instagram, a Good Pods, and a Slasher. We really appreciate reviews. It doesn't have to take more than five minutes wherever you listen. Just leave us a rating, a couple of nice words if possible. We really appreciate it. And um, let's see. Oh, if you're interested, we have a merch store. We will link it in the show notes. Check it out. 
So that's all from me, Chaos. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and stay bloodthirsty, friends. Good night from Carnage. And as always, we are filmed in front of a live studio audience of interrupting hungry cats. Ow. I was going to do knock knock. <laughs> oh, I was knock, trying knock. to interrupt. <laughs> like an interrupting cat. Who's there? Interrupt a cat. Interrupt. No. <laughs> <laughs>